Hello, my friends. If you are at the executive level, or you're headed in that direction, or you support someone who sits in an executive role, in this episode of Help Me Think, I will share with you the one activity in which you must be engaging daily in order to thrive in your role. But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank our title sponsor, Business Furniture. Help Me Think is sponsored by Business Furniture, a 100-year-old organization focusing on innovation since 1922. That's right. You heard me correctly. Business Furniture just celebrated its 100th anniversary of creating spaces where people can work better, learn better, and feel better. They truly are the experts when it comes to creating spaces where employees can show up and do their best thinking and best work. As you all know, hybrid work has gone mainstream, and it's one of the biggest economic and cultural changes facing leaders today. Most organizations that choose hybrid work are trying to offer a balance between the flexibility that people want and the need to bring employees together to foster collaboration and innovation. And these guys know how to do it. So let Business Furniture help build a sense of community for your company. Check them out at businessfurniture.net. And now, back to our episode. Welcome back. I'd like to begin today's episode with a question for you to answer. But before you answer this question, hear me out on what I'm asking. Here's the question. When was the last time you had an opportunity to just sit and think? to sit and think about something important, be it personal or professional, and to think about it in an exploratory state of mind. In other words, whatever you're thinking about, you're allowing yourself time to just kind of pause and let your mind wander, maybe reflect, assess, evaluate, maybe even get into a daydreaming state. You're just reflecting on whatever it is that you're thinking about in an exploratory state of mind. And you're doing it without any expectation of a specific outcome. You're not expecting yourself to get to a place where maybe you have a decision or you're ready to take an action or you're ready to have the answer to a question that you've been trying to to answer for a while. You're in this exploratory state of mind and you're simply thinking about whatever it is that you're thinking about that is important, but you're doing it without any expectations and you're also doing it without any distractions, interruptions, or guilt. Take a moment and just think about that. When was the last time you really had an opportunity to do that? And, and, and I'm not putting any kind of time parameters on this. So any amount of time, when was the last time you had an opportunity to just sit back and think for 30 minutes, one to two hours, or maybe even a full day? And you did it without any expectation for an outcome. And perhaps when you were all finished, you didn't have anything to show for it, except for maybe a deeper understanding of whatever it is that you were thinking about or even more thoughts and even more questions than what you started with. And you did all of it without any guilt when you were all finished. Now, why would I emphasize guilt? Let's stop for a second and explore that. 
The reason I'm asking you if you were able to do it without guilt is because I know that there are a ton of leaders out there who judge the success of their day based on the things they were able to accomplish. And you know who you are. If you're one of those leaders who begins the day with a huge checklist of things to accomplish, and then you evaluate that day based upon whether or not you were able to get all of that accomplished, I'm speaking to you right now because here's what I know about that type of leader. If they get to the end of the day and they've invested in some time into thinking in the manner that I just described, and then they get to the end of the day and the list of things that they actually got accomplished was pretty short, those are the individuals who feel a little bit of guilt for allowing themselves to spend so much time thinking and not actually doing. So that's the question I'm asking. When was the last time you really had an opportunity to sit down and think about something that was important, be it personal or professional? You did it in an exploratory state of mind with absolutely no expectations, except for the expectation that you're going to allow yourself to, to, to reflect, to allow yourself to mind, your, allow your, excuse me, allow yourself to reflect or allow your mind to wander in a daydreaming state. And you did it without any guilt because you knew it was important. When was the last time you had an opportunity to do that? Now, if you're in the group of people who um, are listening to this podcast and are thinking to themselves, Starla, I get to do that all the time. I get to do it at least weekly or I even get to do it daily uh, because it's part of my role and it makes me great at what I do. I think that's fantastic because what that means is that you're likely engaging in the kind of thought exercises that an executive must engage in in order to thrive in their role. So that's fantastic. However, I know that there are a portion of you out there that are probably thinking to yourself, no, no, Starla, I don't have time to do that. The things that I've got to get done on a daily basis and the number of people who have expectations for me on a daily basis, just I just don't have the time to do it. There's no possible way I could sit and think in the manner that you described. Just can't. Well, <clears throat> here's what I would like for you to think about. First and foremost, that's a problem. If you're at the executive level or you aspire to be at the executive level, that's a problem. And I'll explain why in just a second. But it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to step up your game. And here's what I mean. If you're already in an executive role and perhaps not a week goes by that you don't feel like I could have made better decisions. Perhaps you made some decisions that were bad decisions and now you have to recover from them. Or perhaps you are not making decisions quick enough. Maybe you're spinning your wheels and you're being a little too indecisive. I would suggest that it's possible it's because you're not engaging in the kind of executive level thinking that you need to be engaging in in order to fully inform your thinking and to put you in a place where you can confidently make decisions that are based on some really sound thought. That's why I say this is an opportunity, because you have an opportunity to develop a skill that at the end of the day will make your job easier. Now, let's say you're not in an executive role right now. However, you have ambitions to elevate into an executive level role. Well, this is an opportunity for you as well, because if you learn to think 
like an executive must think on a daily basis to be successful, and then you demonstrate a strong competency in that area, those individuals that are watching that have the control or at least the influence or the ability to elevate you, excuse me, elevate you into an executive level role are going to have far more confidence in you when they see you already thinking and behaving like an executive, right? It only makes sense. So if you show up every day and you think and then therefore behave like an executive, it's going to be far more comfortable for them to trust you and then to elevate you into that role. That's why I say it's an opportunity for you as well. Then last but not least, if there's a portion of you out there listening who maybe it's not your ambition to move into an executive level role. However, on a daily basis, you are supporting someone who sits in an executive level role. This is an opportunity for you as well, because if you want to become even more in, uh, valuable to that person, whoever it is that you're supporting, if you learn to think how they must think on a daily basis in order to be effective, you can soon become a force multiplier for them and the work that they're doing. And that's why this represents an opportunity for you as well. So what do I mean when I say executive level thinking and why is it important? Well, I'd like to share a story with you. At the end of 2022, I found myself out in Raleigh-Durham and I was working with a global IT leadership team. And I was sharing with them exactly what I'm getting ready to share with you. We were talking about executive level thinking, what it is and why it's important. And while we were on break, a young lady came up to me and she said, Starla, I just want you to know that you have helped me better understand my husband. Now, I have to be honest. I had no idea what she was talking about at that moment. So after a brief pause, I kind of looked at her and said, I think that's fantastic, but you're going to have to give me a little more than that because I don't understand what you're saying to me. And so, of course, she continued. She said, my husband is a chief technology officer. And during the pandemic, when we were all sent home and we all had to work from home, Throughout the day, I would see him periodically in his office, kicking his feet up on his desk, and he'd be looking off into the distance as if he was lost in thought. And oftentimes he would have a tennis ball in his hand and he was either squeezing that tennis ball or tossing it up in the air and catching it. And I would walk by and I would see him doing this. And my immediate thought was, well, he, <laughs> he doesn't even have to work on a daily basis. He's just sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing. But then there would be times that I'd see him walking around the house or walking around the yard if it was nice outside. And again, he looked like he was deep in thought and he had a tennis ball in his hand and he was just using that tennis ball to, to burn off some energy. And what I now realize is that given his role as a chief technology officer, I realize that what he is paid to do on a daily basis is to think. And I realize now that that's what my organization wants out of me. They want me to be a better thinker. They want me on a daily basis to invest the time into the critical thinking strategies that you're sharing with us today so that I can make better decisions on a daily basis and feel much more confident in the work that I'm doing. So thank you, Starla. Thank you so much for helping me better understand my husband and how he does his work. And thank you so much for helping me better understand how I should be doing my work on a daily basis.
Now, I share that story with you because chances are you have mentors, trailblazers, people that you look up to or people um, who have who have made it to where you want to make it. And you, uh, what I would encourage you to do is to observe those individuals in action. Because my suspicions are if these individuals sit at the executive level and they are incredibly good and effective at what they do, chances are they spend a significant portion of their workday thinking with those legs kicked up on the desk, perhaps a tennis ball in their hand, staring off into the distance deep in thought. If you watch the most successful executives on a daily basis, they are engaged in thought exercises that help them do the work that they've been hired to do. So what do I mean by those thought exercises? When I say executive level thinking, what do I actually mean? I lump executive level thinking into two buckets. The first bucket is visionary and strategic thinking. The second bucket is critical thinking. So again, when I talk about executive level thinking, I'm lumping it into one of two buckets, either visionary and strategic thinking or critical thinking. We're going to dig a little deeper into each of these buckets in just a moment. But to get our conversation started, the first place we have to start is how executives think on a daily basis because they're actually thinking in three ways simultaneously on a daily basis. The most successful executives are the ones who are looking holistically at their organization, the industry or the market in which they're operating, as well as their competition. In other words, they're looking at the entire picture and they're thinking about it in three ways. The first way is they're thinking about it in both long-term and short-term perspectives. As we all know, executives are responsible for setting the vision and creating the strategy for how the organization is going to get there. And as you guys know, the vision is simply where we want to go and what is it going to be like when we get there. That's up for the executives to define. And once they get that definition in place, once they know where we're going and what it's going to be like when they get there, their role is to set the strategy for how we're going to accomplish that. And once that strategy is in place on a day-to-day basis, executives have to pay very close attention to the daily decisions and the use of our resources in the short term and making sure that all of that is lining up quite nicely with our long-term initiatives. So their job on a day-to-day, excuse me, day-to-day basis is to make sure that all of our decision-making and our use of our resources are aligning with our long-term vision and are supportive of our short-term goals. But in addition to that, executives are responsible for peeking around the curve peeking around the corner, staying ahead of the curve, and making sure that they are paying close attention to changing market conditions, heading off threats, and getting in front of opportunities that may exist in the future, which means they have to be very visionary, very visionary. And then they have to balance present needs, our our need to accomplish our short-term objectives, 
with our, those long-term initiatives, as I said earlier, to make sure that all the decisions that they're making on a daily basis are supportive of both. So what that calls for on a daily basis is that first bucket that I mentioned earlier, visionary and strategic thinking. Visionary and strategic thinking is simply this. It is taking the pause to stop and observe trends and signals. Trends and signals inside the organization and externally outside of the organization in the market, the industry, or things that are going on with the competition. What are the trends? What are the signals that we're seeing? Signals could be weak. Signals could be strong. But these trends and signals, what are we seeing? And what implications could that have for our organization in the future? And then what options do we have in front of us? Or what options do we have before us that we need to be thinking about now in order to make sure that we're ahead of all of this? That's what visionary and strategic thinking is all about. So I'm going I'm to go through that just one more time to make sure that it's abundantly clear for everyone that's listening. It's simply assessing the trends and signals that we're seeing and hearing in the market right now, judging, evaluating, assessing their implications, and then reflecting on the options that we have before us. And so on a daily basis, when these executives are thinking about not just the short term, but the long term, chances are they're creating the pause throughout the day to engage in this kind of visionary and strategic thinking. But as I said, executives are thinking in three ways simultaneously. First way is long term, short term. But what's the second way? The second way is vertically. When you think of the executives at the highest level, most of them have chief in their title. We can have chief marketing officers, chief executive officers, chief financial officers, chief operating officers. The list goes on and on and on, especially in the last five to 10 years. It seems like all of these new and creative chief titles have come out. Every time you see a chief title, this is what I want you to keep in mind. The chief title simply indicates their area of expertise, but it does not indicate their scope. When you are at the highest levels, you are responsible for more than just the department or business functions that report up to you. It's not enough to just be solely focused on those, those departments or those functions for which you are responsible for. It's not enough. When you are at that a highest level and you hold a chief title, you are responsible for the entire organization. Therefore, on a daily basis, you have to be thinking about the entire organization whenever you are assessing what's going on in the market and making decisions about which actions you're going to take next, which calls for vertical thinking. Vertical thinking is simply this. It's having the ability to step out of the day-to-day pull out of it, and at the 30,000-foot level, take a look at the whole picture, take in a broader perspective so that you can understand how everything is fitting together, how everything is functioning together, so that on a day-to-day basis, as you're working with your teams and you're working with your colleagues and your peers, you're constantly connecting the 30,000-foot strategy with the three-foot day-to-day tactical execution. 
If you watch the most effective executives, they are moving in and out of 30,000 feet, three feet. In, in any given day, for that matter, I mean, they could be doing it in any given day, any given hour, within uh, minutes, they could be moving in and out of big picture thinking all the way down to 30,000 or three foot tactical execution thinking. And the reason they do that is they have to remember that everything that happens at 30,000 feet is going to have, it's going to trickle down and have a ripple effect with the tactical execution. And at the same way, at the three foot level of tactical execution, everything that's happening down there will directly impact our big picture and where we're headed. On top of that, though, the third way in which executives are thinking on a daily basis, not just long term and short term and vertically, as you probably guessed, they're also thinking horizontally for all the same reasons that they have to think vertically. An executive's job is to understand the complexity of the interconnectedness of the business, which means they have to be able to look across the entire organization and connect the dots, not just vertically, but horizontally as well. And then they have to make decisions from the perspective of the entire business. So when executives are engaging in vertical and horizontal thinking, there's a really good chance that they are engaging in executive level thinking that I call critical thinking, which is that second bucket that I mentioned earlier. The first bucket was visionary and strategic thinking. The second bucket is critical thinking. So what do I mean when I say critical thinking? How does that differ from visionary and strategic thinking? Well, the answer probably seems pretty obvious to you. But let's make sure we go through these steps just to make sure everyone is on the same page. Visionary and strategic thinking is about paying attention to what's going on in the market, assessing it, and then thinking about the future implications and making sure that we're staying ahead of the game. Critical thinking is often employed when we're actually really kind of thinking about long-term decisions that need to be made or short-term decisions that need to be made. Before those decisions are made, we want to make sure we fully understand the problem we are addressing or the opportunity that we're trying to take advantage of. And critical thinking is nothing but a set of logical steps that prevent us from jumping right into fixing the problem or jumping on the opportunity, and instead helps us do this. Thoroughly diagnose the problem or the opportunity that we're evaluating, identifying and considering all of the perspectives that are at play or all of the perspectives that will be involved in the decision-making process, setting aside personal biases and emotional reactions. We're all humans here, and when we get to the executive level, we continue to be a human. We don't turn into a robot, which means at the executive level, they're just like everyone else. They have emotional reactions to the things that are happening on a daily basis. And if we really want to get good at critical thinking, we need to get really good at creating the pause so that we can assess what our emotional reaction is to the situation at hand and making sure that none of our personal biases are infiltrating our thought processes in a way that they might be distorting the way that we are looking at the entire situation or the way that we're evaluating the options um, that we have in front of us. 
So part of the critical thinking process is setting aside personal biases and making sure that we're keeping our emotional reactions in check. So let me go further through those first three steps again. Thoroughly diagnosing the problem, the challenge, or the opportunity. Identifying and considering all perspectives that are at play. Setting aside our personal biases, as well as our emotional reactions and, and doing our best to keep them in check. And then separating facts from speculation and assumptions. All three of those things will probably be factored into the decision-making process. But one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is that when they jump into a decision-making process, sometimes they confuse speculation and assumptions for facts or vice versa. And one of the best things you can do is create a short pause to make sure you and anybody else that's involved in the decision-making process is abundantly clear on what the facts are, because the facts are the things that can be proven, right? We can prove that they're true, they're falsifiable. And then what are the uh, assumptions that are at play, or what are the assumptions that are going to be at play, as well as, is there any speculation that's at play right now that we need to be aware of, or speculation that we might be able to use as we move forward, as well as assumptions that we might be able to use forward. So that's part of the critical thinking process, as well as when we pause, kick our feet back, that's one of the things that we want to be thinking about if we're engaged in critical thinking. Then, we want to identify and explore all possible options and solutions. And then, and only then, we're probably in a place where we could make an informed decision and move on. So that's what critical thinking is. And when executives are engaged in critical thinking on a daily basis, I can promise you if they're doing their job and they're doing it well, they are thinking both vertically and horizontally about the organization. So. What do I encourage you to do with all of this? Well, here are some things that you can do with the information that I just shared with you. First and foremost, over the next couple of weeks, at the end of each week, take some time to simply assess how much time you spent thinking versus doing. Something really easy that you can do at the end of the week, maybe on a Friday afternoon, take a pause and ask yourself, how much of my week was spent simply doing and how much of my week did I actually take a pause and create an opportunity for myself to engage in either visionary and strategic thinking or critical thinking? Then once you've identified that thinking time, take a moment to assess it. How much of that time was spent thinking about the short term and how much of it was spent thinking about the long term? How much of that time was thinking about the big picture and how much of that time was thinking about the interconnectedness of the big picture with what is going on in the here and now? And how much of that time did I spend playing things out, running scenarios in my head so that I can consider the ripple effect across the entire organization vertically, horizontally? whether the ripple effect be because of a decision that's made or the work that we're doing or how we're doing it? How much time did I spend just kind of thinking about what are the different scenarios and how could things play out and what impact could that have both horizontally and vertically? So those are the first three, three things I would, I would encourage you to think about as you assess your thinking time at the end of each week. Now, there's two more things that I'd like for you to identify. 
when you did your best thinking and you came up with your best ideas or you had your biggest breakthrough moments, aha moments, or, or things that led to a deeper understanding or more clarity, where were you? What were you doing? Were you in a particular place? Were you engaged in a certain activity? In the next episode, I'm going to share with you a really easy way to identify when your best thinking time is, as well as where you do your best thinking. So to get you ready for that episode, here's something you can easily do. Assess your thinking time right now. At the end of each week, ask yourself, when I did my best thinking, when was I doing that thinking? And where was I when I was doing it? Was I at a place? Or was I engaged in a particular activity? What time of day? What time of week? What time of month? Because you can gather that information in the next episode when I share with you a really easy way to dial in when and where your best time for thinking is so that you can get it on your calendar and start protecting it and making sure you have the time that you need on a daily and weekly basis to think. You're already one step ahead of the game. Then last but not least, after you've taken some time to really assess your thinking time, ask yourself, as a result of this time that I invested into thinking about whatever it was that I needed to think about, what was the impact on me? What was the impact on the work that I'm doing? What was the impact on my team and the work they're doing? And what was the impact on the organization? And if the impact was positive in any of those areas, ask yourself, would it be worth it to build more time into my calendar, build more time into my schedule for this kind of thinking? Because if you start to see the benefits of it and your team and the organization start to experience the benefits of it, that's a pretty good indicator that this is paying off for you. And so you want to ask yourself, when and where can I build this into my calendar so that I can really do this to the fullest extent in a way that really is beneficial for everyone that's involved? So that's your charge. That's what I encourage you to do between now and the next episode. And then head on over to my website, starlawest.com forward slash podcast. And in the show notes for this episode, you will find a free downloadable worksheet that includes all of the content that I shared with you today, as well as the next steps, the things that I'm encouraging you to do between now and the next podcast. So head on over to starlawest.com forward slash podcast in the show notes for this episode, download that free worksheet. And if you have any reactions to what we shared today, if you have any thoughts or questions or best practices that you'd like to share with me in the comment section for this episode, please use that, that section right there to, to, to share your feedback with me because I wanna hear about how you're processing this information, what your reaction is to it and how you might be able to add to it. Okay, folks, that's it for today. My name is Starla West. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Help Me Think. I will see you soon in another episode.